0: Welcome to the Supercharge Your Startup podcast, just one of the ways the OVH Cloud Startup Program are connecting members with our network of exciting enablers and startups as part of our Fast Forward Accelerator. We're here to help accelerate your growth by sharing expert advice and insights from our ecosystem that will take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Julia Otterburn-Hall, entrepreneur and startup consultant. In today's episode, We will be discussing how LLM is changing the future, not just of work, but of tech development. And joining me in the studio today is Josep Carmona, who left his role as Professor of Computer Science at renowned UPC University in Spain to head up Process Talks, a startup that's challenging the future of work with a platform that automates office processes for people interacting with computers. Josep, welcome to the studio. And I'm really curious to find out a little bit more about Process Talks, your, your platform you've created. Could you give us a little introduction?
1: Yes. At Process Talks, we are trying to democratise the access to automation of office processes. So, as we all know, working with computers is becoming more and more challenging because we have to, for instance, spend a lot of time managing the email, spend a lot of time managing our information, the data that flows among our processes. We at Process Talks, we believe we can do something that happened 13 years ago with Alexa, that people started to use computers without even knowing that they were using it. We want to do the same for processes. We want to let the people without technical skills to simply automate things
0: that they don't want to spend
1: more time on. They want a machine to do that in their place.
0: And obviously, very much the core of what you're offering is LLM. And I'd love to know for listeners, uh, in broad terms... What exactly does LLM mean both to you and to those entrepreneurs who are wondering whether they need to consider it in their tech journey? Yes,
1: I think any entrepreneur that is connected to tech will know very well LLMs came here to stay and they will define the future of, for instance, the UX interaction with computers and software. When you start to build technology on top of that and ChatGPT and OpenAI and many others at Google, What they have done with that is to start, let's say, improving and making technology that can become creative. This is why LLMs are are at the core of generative AI. These machines can clearly generate content and really understand people because they are able to grasp the meaning of what you can communicate with them.
0: And that is a milestone, a technical milestone that was not considered before. So it's more than just creating or generating the most likely word to form a sentence. What is it doing beyond that functionality?
1: Actually, the, the technology is a technology that is very old. So it, it backs to many years ago where you have the, a model which was called the perceptron. And this model was kind of simulate mimicking the neural behavior in a brain. And it was a very simple mathematical model for that. But then in the last years, and especially in the last 10 years, there has been evolutions of this model. You can steer the learning of any concept. It can be learning of, let's say, a classification, or learning whether a picture is a dog or not, or learning whether you know, you, you need to summarize some text. This type of, uh, of technology is now very mature, so that from that really basic research... You have evolved uh, architectures that contains this type of kind of neurons that can really predict but also generate content.
0: And would you say that you've seen an explosion in the last six or seven months, obviously following the launch and release of ChatGPT? Have you seen people desperately trying to embrace not just that, but also any kind of LLM-style techniques within their companies? Is it, an, is it an expectation as well now to, to include it?
1: Absolutely. So I think... Here, if you were an entrepreneur, I think it's a new era for prototyping because it allows you to do things that six or seven months ago was not so easy to do. So, we in my company, we are experts in natural language processing and we have been that. We have been doing that on research for the last 20 or 30 years. The previous technology for understanding natural language was very complex and very, let's say, error prone. With these new LLMs, you are able to do the whole thing very easily. The performance is is incomparable. It is way better, the performance with LLMs. And this opens the door to, let's say, think on any possible business idea that an entrepreneur can, can prototype. So I think language understanding is never as before. Content generation is never as before. So in very few months, I think... We have seen an an explosion of business ideas and there is more to come because I think this is just the peak of the iceberg. You will see many new companies, new ideas building up these LLMs.
0: And how have you taken those developments and combined that with the research that you were doing for so long to develop your process talk?
1: We are focusing on, on process automation, which is something that we believe will bring huge impact for the future of work. So what we see is that uh, there might be an increasing gap between people's abilities to use technology and the technology itself. And LLMs is a clear example. So you can ask people to work at a pace that is comparable to the pace that machines can do. But uh, if you don't give them the tools, it is very hard to, to, to let them really be efficient and active in in a company. This is what took us to say, okay, maybe we can connect LLMs to workflow automation and uh, what are the challenges that appear that, and we have been doing research in the university related to this type of technology and at some point we decided we can maybe start, let's say, building something beyond the the research community and something that can really impact people and this is what uh, triggered us to start working on this.
0: Is your technology helping people without necessarily the skills to access a different kind of workflow, or are you just speeding up what is already there? No, no, no. The first,
1: definitely the first. So we we are we are really, let's say they call it resegmenting the market of process automation towards a very different target. For instance, an accountant or a salesperson. These people really work hard with. The email, for instance, they work hard with spreadsheets. They work hard with, let's say, booking. They work hard with information that flows through them and they need to really react manually. So this is why we believe uh, the technology we are building can help them to really get rid of the burden of doing that manually.
0: So in a sense, you're empowering people then to be able to do what they want to be doing and focusing their time on rather than perhaps doing more menial tasks? There are um, statistics on the added value per employee in
1: the European small and medium enterprises. The added value is uh, really a a key value for a company's success. It's it's very related. So if your employee's added value is low, it means that you need a lot of employees to do the the job and, and they actually don't bring really a direct impact to the business. So we believe what we are building, it's really allowing an employee to spend more time in what really adds value. So this is the type of transition we are looking for with this technology.
0: And given what you said about the industry changing so fast and evolving so quickly, how do you manage to keep up with those transformations and whilst developing your core products? So how are you able to balance both of those things?
1: Yeah, that that's really is a challenge. I don't remember in the last, let's say, 20 years, a technology that is so dynamic, like the technology we are now using as a core technology in our company. Before, for me, it was okay because I was a researcher. But now that I'm kind of suffering this, using that in the core of, of our products, it's really a challenge to be up to date to the progress of this technology and also incorporate the one that is promising. I will not say I'm very happy of the way we are dealing with it because uh, you really need to keep an eye and spend time and and you need to build
0: a company. So this also takes a lot of of your time. And would you say that the LLM is something that all entrepreneurs need to be considering or do you think it's something that only really people in your specific area be looking at? I mean, How expandable or expansive is uh, LLP in the wider ecosystem?
1: I think for people building, building technology, they should know. I've seen quite a few companies that they have been building technology that is not related to LLMs. They are keeping an eye, and I think it's wise to do so, because especially the interfacing with technology, I'm sure it will be, it will be changing. We have, a, we have been witnessing that people is, uh, really, is really naturally interacting with ChatGPT. So that means that people is able to really make the most of it uh, with this kind of conversational interfaces. But if you look at technology for, I don't know, accounting, HR, CRM, uh, ERP, they are not conversational today. So I think even though your technology will not be really an LLM technology, you should consider whether LLMs can help.
0: And obviously, uh, thinking about the sort of buzzwords that are in the investor community or in the startup community... AI or machine learning, these two big, meaty words that people seem to want to have on, on every investor deck that comes out there. Just for the audience, how would you describe LLM in relation to AI? So is NLP part of LLM that's a big chunk of AI? So how, how, just for, for ease, how does this actually fit into this AI push that's, that we're currently experiencing?
1: Uh, that's also a very good question. Because I think uh, uh, traditionally NLP, NLP, Natural Language Processing, it was a, a big and important part of AI. Uh, but uh, of course, AI, one of the important parts, which is kind of orthogonal, it says machine, machine learning. And many of the machine learning techniques are used in NLP, but also in AI. Uh, so, uh, but now you see that uh, this, this kind of this, this thing, this, this classification is getting blur because uh, you can see that uh, at the end of the day, LLMs generate content, and this content is beyond text. That means that uh, now you have models that are not traditional, let's say, text-based models, but models that can classify images, can generate content, can generate video. So I think we are kind of moving a bit on, on this distinction. I will not say that LLMs are purely artificial intelligence. What I would say is that if you observe a human interacting with LLMs, you see that the combination of what the LLMs generate going through the brain of the human makes this to be a really huge technology because the human can make the understanding and can make really the, the comprehension that the LLMs can, can only grasp because the LLM is just understanding form, not content, okay? and And I think... The traditional splitting between artificial intelligence, natural language, and and machine learning will be more dynamic in the the years to come because of this. Because we are seeing, let's say, hybrid ways of interacting with technology that you cannot call it neither AI nor uh, general AI. It's simply empowering humans with devices that was never before.
0: And how are tech companies expanding outside NLP then? So something like mid-journey, uh, how does that fit into either LLM or NLP?
1: Yeah, yeah. what, what I said, I think th- this, this is a very nice example of precisely what I said. So they are kind of, uh, let's say, thinking on new, let's say, engineering problems that involve not only the generation of, uh, let's say, art, I would say, uh, but also the, the 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 evolution of the traditional uh, ways of uh, let's say learning or producing content uh, in a very st- streamlined way. So I think uh, those are very interesting companies to follow because I think they have been rethinking the way you can use this type of traditional AI models and and, and learning things.
0: And if you are a startup, and you are listening to this, and you think, "Oh goodness me! I need to go and get some LLM or tick an AI box." <laughs> how do they? How do they go about this journey? Where do they start? What do they need to be thinking about if they're going to either embrace um, LLM or AI or both?
1: Now it's amazing how the the amount of content you can get. I mean, uh, there is, for instance, uh, let's say, uh, very well known people that are giving. Free webinars or free courses on the use of these, or even for instance, one of the things that we didn't talk is the, that even new ways of learning or generating models like prompting were not here before a few few months ago or few uh, one year ago. so I think people is also very open to share the way they they generate these models they use these models, applications of these models, so I think uh, now it's a, it's a great opportunity to look in the in the web and learn about this thing. And now I think there is a dichotomy on whether you go for open source large language models or commercial large language models. So now there are not many commercial large language models. There is a bit of a monopoly. So there are, let's say, th- three or four uh, big vendors that you can use very uh, good large language models. And, and the leading one is OpenAI for, for us. And uh, But also now... There, there is a trend to develop and share open source large language models so they can be used as an alternative to commercial large language models. To us, in, in our case, we noticed that uh, commercial large language models are still a bit ahead in terms of uh, precision and, and, and performance. But I, I would say they are still cheap if you want to, let's say, prototype with them. For prototyping, it's better to start with something that you know works very well, and then whenever you want to put that on, in production, uh, there might be alternatives. And open-source alternatives, there are starting to be very serious alternatives.
0: And I'm interested to know, from having been a professor of computer science to then being the CEO of a, of a startup, how different was that? having studied it and done research on it to actually being the, the man in the hot seat um, with, uh, with the actual idea that you need to bring to fruition? Well, I
1: started my, my, my trip to entrepreneurship started very late. So I started uh, really uh, three or four years ago. And uh, I noticed that it is very different, but also what you learn in the academia can be very helpful because in academia, you do things in a very particular way. And that is helpful for building up a company. On the other hand, what happens is that uh, for building a company, you have to really take care of all the details. It's not just the main ideas and developments and writing papers and asking for money for projects and, and this type of things, but especially you have to really pay attention into the details. So it's not only building, is is an idea is not enough. You have to, execution is most important, even though if the idea is so-so, uh, this is one thing. Second thing is that it's as important the technology as the people knowing your technology. And that in, in the academia, you don't care about really the outreach of what you do. You just you simply publish your papers and expect the community will pick up. So I think some things are good. Some some other things you need to learn. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> so.
0: And uh, pre- presumably it's been uh, really helpful to have joined OVH Cloud's startup program. What, what's been the benefits of being part of it? Well, uh, there are qu- quite
1: many. I mean, one of the, the important benefits is uh, it's clear. They give you free credit. So if you are developing as we are SaaS proof of concepts of some ideas, then you don't have to pay for that for the first, let's say, 10 or 12 months. And uh, that is a huge push for a company that doesn't have uh, sales yet and, and these type of things. But beyond that, there is also very nice parallel activities. They bring you contacts, even platforms for you to contact to connect to other startups. They do events that uh, are thematic events, like for instance, I participated in a roundtable regarding the implications of AI. Also, they, they connect and they help you to disseminate and give publicity to your company. I think this is quite Remarkable the effort Obh Cloud is doing on these parallel activities, and we as a startup are, are very lucky to have that because it's not so easy nowadays from your company to spin, make your product uh, to be known in this, let's say, context where there are many, there is a boom of uh, of companies doing AI. So if you have a partner like Obh Cloud
0: that is. Uh, really helpful. That's wonderful to hear. And have you seen other tech startups that you found to be inspiring along the way? Or have you been given further connections to technology you might not have considered otherwise? Yeah, so this is something that happens. For instance,
1: we were talking with in this roundtable we did, there was another French startup that was doing a video summarization, as far as I remember, which was explaining, for instance, the way they host uh, some of the, tech, the, the the large language models that they were using. On, 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 and that was inspiring for us. So what it can happen is that you simply do things the way you do best. And uh, by interaction, you can grow uh, and you can change the way you do things because it's kind of an addition of abilities. And this is very good. Uh, it's, it's interesting to, to see the way other people do these things. That allows us to learn from each other. In this regard, OBH cloud has been a tremendous help for process talks.
0: And clearly, you're at the forefront of LLM, and it's very exciting. The not just what you're discovering and, and what you're hoping to to bring out into the world uh, in terms of the platform. I'd love to know what is your overall mission. What do you really hope that LLM can really achieve, both for the startup ecosystem, but also for the, you know the world at large?
1: We we want to change a bit. The way people interact with technology, we started with process automation, but we believe uh, LLMs can, can go beyond that and uh, they can really represent a very important partner with other types of problems. So uh, it can be a meaningful addition to any type of technology that involves the interaction with humans. So I think they are, of course, not substituting, but, but empowering humans. So we believe some of the things we do currently can be done by com- machines. And uh, this is not, let's say, something to be afraid of. But instead, it can be something that uh, can uh, bring humanity to a next level. Why not consider this type of technology additions to our context that can uh, ease our life and, and, and spend more time in things that we like more? and less time in things that we like less. So I always make this example with here in, in, in Spain, you have this Roomba robot that cleans your, your room, and uh, you only have to tell once the dimensions of the room, and then once you say the dimensions, these robots start cleaning, and you don't have to clean anymore your room. So we want to do something like this, So things that you don't like to do, why not to simply let them aside? And uh, there might be other technology or other problems that LLMs can, can help.
0: How does LLM affect different sectors? So, is it perhaps more prevalent or more useful in in medicine or medtech um, compared to fintech? Or how would you see LLM being adopted in the uh, different sectors?
1: That, that's that's a good question. I, actually, I see a lot of potential in many of these sectors. In the in these sectors, for instance. Uh, uh, healthcare is, uh, is, is really impactful by LLMs. I'm pretty sure about this because, uh, for instance, we are starting up a collaboration with uh, some, uh, let's say, international company, which is interested in improving the, health, the personal healthcare processes of people so they know whether in any of the processes that they are starting with, within a hospital, they have full knowledge of, of what is the next step. So I think by using these LLMs where you can interact, you can, you can really, in a very human way, you can uh, have a more relaxed way of uh, interacting with the system. There might be way more sectors that can be affected. And we shouldn't think that these models will completely change. They will only improve, empower parts of the
0: problem and the pains that the sector can have. This is my vision. And with that in mind, where do you see us in five years' time in terms of the impact of LLM on human society or on the way that we we, are, we interact with each other?
1: Well, now I've seen only very good things about LLMs, but there are some dangers that you need to also watch out. And I think the next five years is, are precisely to establish a framework to use these LLMs uh, at large. And there are, for instance, there should be regulation in place. So, for instance, uh, these LLMs are amazingly because they have a lot of knowledge, but also there might be some data bias that you need to watch out. So I think this is important also to keep an eye and also to incorporate companies that are selling these LLMs should uh, keep an eye on the bias that uh, these smart brains, if you allow me to say this, can have without knowing it. Also privacy and security. So I think The next five years, for me, are the five years to establish a meaningful regulation so that LLMs can be deployed at large. It it, it doesn't need to wait for five years to do it. I think it's something that can be done, and Europe has started to consider this type of thing. So I think we will see both an effort in regulation and also an improvement so that these LLMs work better, and also we will see a lot of use cases Also in healthcare, for instance, we'll see a lot of use cases of LLMs making a big role. That is what I expect.
0: And with that then, do you assume that investors and valuations are going to be very much connected to tech companies incorporating LLM in their business model? Yeah, I think, well, I've been starting, so actually we
1: are now uh, fundraising. So we, we are considerably talking to many investors. So we want to have a complete knowledge of what are what is llm technology and what are the trends and blah 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 so this happens also in the investments in the investor side so some of the investors need to catch up a bit to know what is a real technology and what is something that you can replicate easily so i think uh, on this regard uh, we are uh, progressing at the same pace and uh, Valuations, some of them are crazy to be honest so you can you, there have been news recently of companies valued like a beauty without any product at all and i think this is something that is let's say exceptions that are to be considering and on the other hand you can uh, you can see that that uh, the last month or the last two months what i've seen is that uh, investors are very very careful of accepting any valuation just because you are using LLMs, so I think uh, they are starting to know and they are starting to have a good knowledge of the of the field, and uh, I think we will go back to some really reasonable way of evaluating companies, regardless they use LLMs or not, regardless uh, LLMs are impactful or not. I think. This will stabilise. I will. I I hope. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, so, well, hopefully your um, startup will scale up quickly and and be there at the crest of the wave of these valuations. I do hope so. Uh, one Thanks. of the things uh, we always ask our guests is to give three tips to our OVH Cloud listeners um, on the startup program. So, I'd love to hear from you what three tips you would give an entrepreneur who's considering LLM or has just listened to this podcast and thinks that they have to start thinking about it.
1: My first advice is uh, to decide uh, when you are incorporating LLMs, you need to decide what is the best alternative in your current situation or the problem you are trying to solve. Because fine-tuning is very costly, but on the other hand, gives you an advantage because it gives you really an insight on the problem you are solving because you have to show particular data, then you have to collect this data and blah, blah, blah. So this is important. So if you try to do prompting, what then it's not so clear what will be the, the advantage you are, have, you are having with respect to the, your competitors. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people using LLMs by just using prompting, and uh, I will see the risk of just not having enough competitive advantage by doing so. So one of the, my advices is, is first think the way you are going to use LLMs. The second advice would be not related to LLMs, which is more related to the company itself. So I'm already uh, three, three years and a half doing this business. And it's, uh, it's something that requires attention to many unimportant things, which are important for the company. So I think one g- good advice that I would like, someone g- gave it to me when I started these two things with passion, because uh, you have to take care of many things that are In the first sight, not important for your company, but uh, on long long term, they are very important. And I think, yes, a third advice, which is on on the use of LLMs. So there is the tendency that you put a a developer to use them and then it can be a complete mess. So I think it's very important to put the right people to work with LLMs. And I think uh, uh, either NLP engineers or computational linguistics who know how to deal with the data, they know how... which software they use to to label this data? They know how to really manage the the bias that can exist in the data. It is very important to put that on your on your team in order to excel the use of LLMs. And I think this is also a very important uh, uh, thing to consider.
0: And would you say that it's quite hard to find the right talent to understand LLM in terms of the engineering teams or the product developers? Um, or is that something you're noticing is an increasing skill set that is more available?
1: Absolutely. So I, as a professor, uh, have a contact with through LinkedIn with many computer scientists, former students of mine, and I was shocked because a couple of months ago, a computer science student of mine uh, changed his uh, profile from computer scientist to prompt engineer. So you, you can see that people is Evolving their visualization of what they know because uh, the market maybe is more interested in this type of labels. So I think, uh, indeed, it is very hard to find people which is expert in, uh, in LLMs, especially because the technology is not yet stabilized. Okay, so you have an amazing technology which if you look in the, let's say, one year ago, uh, there has been many, many progresses but still we are really starting to see the whole potential of this thing. So people need to adapt, need to read papers, need to do trials and experiment themselves and this is hard to find. So I think it's indeed very very difficult now to find talent for for people who might excel the use of LLMs.
0: Well thank you so much Giuseppe for giving us uh, so much of a detailed and inspiring insight into the world of LLMs. It's been a real pleasure having you in the studio and I wish you all the very best with your launch and growth of Process Talks. I hope that we hear about you being the next unicorn.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Thanks very much, uh, Julie. Thanks for the questions and thanks for, for the opportunity to join this.
0: Don't miss our final episode in this series where we will be chatting to an industry influencer with over two decades of experience and who is changing the face of tech recruitment with his new startup. You've been listening to Supercharge Your Startup from OVH Cloud, who are already providing data-sovereign cloud solutions to 1.6 million customers worldwide. Whether you are a startup or a scale we are with you every step of the way to accelerate your business with a specialist range of member initiatives. For more details about our startup program, and to start your accompany journey onto our cloud today with up to 100,000 euros in free cloud credits and technical consultations, find us now at startup.obhcloud.com. Your success is our success. Together, we're stronger and faster.